Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us here. We are talking with my good friend, Tyler Sutherland today. Tyler, thanks so much for joining us and letting people hear a little bit more about your story. Yeah, it's a pleasure. All right. Uh, one thing I have to ask you is like on Facebook, your name is Tyler Shiggy Sutherland. Is that how we would say it? Yeah, Shiggy. Yeah. Okay, Shiggy. And yeah. what is that? Yeah. So before I was adopted, my uh, my birth name was Shiggy Hero, like my for my last name. Ah. And so growing up, a lot of people had no clue how to say it. It's spelled S-H-I-G-E-H-I-R-O. Oh, yeah. And so um, no one could pronounce it. And then I got to junior high and my friend Phil uh, said, hey, I'm just going to start calling you Shiggy. <laughs> and it started to catch. And then I, you know, I was going to a Christian school. And so junior high, high school, you know, I'd have people coming up to me and being like, hey, what's up, Shiggy? And I had no clue who they were. So <laughs> um, it just kind of stuck. And then um, when I got adopted, I thought, well, it would be really cool to just keep a part of my Japanese heritage in my name. Yeah. And so I legally changed my middle name to Shiggy. Oh, that's awesome. So you shortened it. I shortened it's it. Official. Yeah. Like, it's official. That's, that's awesome. Dude. Yeah, okay. I was, driver's license. <laughs> I always wanted to ask you and I keep forgetting to. So I yeah, figured yeah. I'd take advantage of that. Okay. So um, before we dive into some other questions I've got, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How old are you? You're married, kids. What do you do for a living? All that stuff. Yeah. So I am married. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Emily Sutherland. Uh, we've been married for four years. Went to high school together. Uh, didn't really talk in high school, but started connecting <laughs> after. Um, and now we're here. Um, no kids yet, but I got, we have a beautiful, uh, well, kind of a ratty dog. Um, <laughs> a beautiful ratty dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we love her. She's super cute. And we have a cat named Nori. Um, no kids yet, but you know. Awesome. And how long have you guys been married? Uh, four years. Four years. Okay. Yeah. And what do you do for a living? Uh, I'm in software sales. Software sales. Yeah. Right. So a little Fun bit of stuff, computer games and things like that. Yeah. Only computer games. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> No, you guys do like safety control software and stuff like that? Yeah, safety management software, okay. pretty barn stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. You serve in a bunch of different capacities at Connect. Yeah. Um, you work back in our kids department, mm -hmm. correct? You're yep. one of our teachers back there. In fact, you're one of those teachers that parents just rave about. So if you're listening and one of your kids is back there in Connect Kids and they talk about Mr. Tyler, they are talking about this guy across the table <laughs> from me. Um, you also serve as a financial director at the church. Yep. So it's two very different roles there. One where you're having lots of fun and it's high energy and a little chaotic. And then the other one, you're sitting at a table and you're looking at budgets and spreadsheets yeah. and, you know, profit and loss and all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. What, uh, do you do anything else? Do you serve in any other capacities or are those the two main ones? Uh, those are two main ones. Uh, oftentimes like once a month I'll MC, And so that's oh, a that's lot right. of fun yeah. for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you had any skill set in the world and you could do any role at the church, what would you like to do? Probably MC. MC like, you love it. Yeah, I love talking. <laughs> I love being in front of people. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, let's do some real quick hit get to know you kind of questions, sure. okay? What's your favorite candy bar? I'm going to go with a score bar. Oh, a score bar, really? I don't yeah. think anybody's ever said that before. That's really interesting. Okay, <laughs> yeah. score bar. Nice. That's unique for sure. Okay. Okay, favorite movie, movie franchise maybe? Uh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm a Marvel nerd, so I love the Marvel movies, but I'll say probably my favorite movie is Remember the Titans. Oh, nice. Okay. Are you a Disney plus subscriber now? I am now. Yeah, have you I have to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, good, good, good. Um, and tell me about the best vacation you ever went on. For sure. Best vacation would have been Japan about a year and a half ago. Mm. Uh, you know, born and raised in Canada, but being Japanese, uh, it was a great experience to just, you know, see what what's going on with my culture and, yeah. and just see, you know, where my family came from, like, 
four generations ago. So that was a great experience. Hmm. What was the most memorable moment there in Japan or most meaningful thing you got to experience? You know, I think, I think what it was is, you know, you don't meet a lot of Japanese people, Mm -hmm. but the coolest experience was, I think, seeing how Japan does such a great job of maintaining the culture that they've, you know, the history um, and the culture that they have. Um, But at the same time, like embracing like the latest technology. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was quite the combination. Yeah. Japan seems like super ancient and super modern all at the exact same time. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's super cool. Okay. Okay. Um, so listen, um, tell me a little bit about how you came to Christ. Like how did you become a Jesus person? Was that recent? Was it when you were a kid? What did that look like for you? Yeah. So my, my biological mom, she, uh, you know, she was raised a Christian and that was the same thing she did for me. So, uh, you know, I remember being six years old and, you know, we'd go to the Baptist church uh, just down the street. And, um, you know, I just, I remember talking to her about God uh, one night when I was six and I just kind of let her know. I said, you know, I, I want to want to give my life to Christ. And, you know, as a child, of course, uh, it's something you want to do, but there's so there's things you don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of got me on the journey. And um, so I gave my life to Christ uh, when I was pretty young. And then, um, yeah, just kind of always kept that in my heart. Um, but obviously, you know, growing up and kind of understanding more about the faith, that's, I think, when I started to um, really grow in my faith and, and you know, a more personal way. Mm-hmm. When were you baptized? I think I was baptized it might've been seven or eight. So, oh, okay. so it's pretty yeah. young. Yeah. yeah. Nothing I, wrong with that. Yeah. Lots of seven and eight year olds are ready for that. They've made that kind of personal decision Definitely. to the best of their ability at that age and knowledge stage. Exactly. Right? So yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay. So one of the things that um, I found out a while back, that's always been really interesting to me is that um, after you graduated high school, you served with an organization called YWAM. Yeah. Youth what with the a heck? Mission. Youth with a Mission. Okay. I was going <laughs> to say, what is YWAM? Many people may not have heard of it before. So tell me a little bit about what you did with them, what it was like, what you got to see and experience working with Youth with a Mission. Yeah, so I had graduated high school and I knew that I wanted a gap year. And so I decided, well, you know, if I'm going to if I'm going to take this year off, let's make it memorable, let's make it fun, um and let's kind of make it a time to grow. And so I had decided that I was going to go to YWAM and a friend that's a little older graduated a year before me had gone to uh YWAM Perth. Um and so I thought, well, you know what, his experience was great, why don't I just do the same thing? And so I signed up. I went, uh, would have been January 2011. And um, yeah, it, I didn't really know what to expect. But basically the breakdown of YWAM is typically, it's they call it a discipleship training school. And so typically how it's broken up is you'll have three months of, you know, spiritual discipleship training. So, um, you know, one week we're talking about the father heart of God. Uh, one week we're talking about repentance and forgiveness. And it, it was so cool because imagine, you know, being with a bunch of people your age and, you know, there was a mix of ages, obviously, but it's, it's cool being, it was, I was with a bunch of young people. We were going to class, um, you know, in the mornings and then there'd be a break for lunch. We'd, you know, do our chores, have fun with that. Um, and then we typically have an afternoon session where we continue that and we're doing worship in between as well. And then, yeah, after we just kind of had the afternoon to just hang out and go around Perth, check out the beaches. Um, So we did that for uh, three months. And, you know, it was really spiritually intense Um, going to, you know, Christian school and kind of growing up in the faith. I think there's a lot of things about your faith that become 
you're so familiar with them that you're almost not paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. And it was a really cool experience because, you know, for the first time in my life, I was without, I was just kind of discovering my own personal faith and really discovering, okay, what kind of Christian do I want to be? And obviously there's, um, you know, typically YWAM is, a, you know, a little more Pentecostal style. And so uh, having that exploration of my faith was was really important. Um, and then, yeah, the after the three months, essentially you're split into groups, or at least uh, at our DTS, we were split into groups. And um, some, some went to other countries uh, and other, like, so for example, our DTS, we went to, we started off in Nepal and then for a month. And that focus was a lot of, you know, working with the local churches. We were doing some street evangelism, um, you know, doing a lot of like, you know, praying for people and some humanitarian work. And then we transitioned in the second month and we went to Berlin. Mm. And so that was a, that was a unique experience. And so there was a, they had a, a YWAM location in Berlin as well. And so we were kind of partnering with them and in Berlin, their focus is like, how can we spread the gospel through music and dance and art? Mm. And so completely different, totally uh, different. Yeah. Experience there. And then um, we went back to Australia. We traveled in this like old hippie bus and um, we went up and um, we went to some Aboriginal communities and, you know, held camps for the kids and, um, you know, doing our best to just communicate the gospel to them. So that was kind of the general experience. So YWAM sounds a lot like a year long summer camp slash mission trip. And I don't mean to like, I'm not trying to denigrate it or anything right. like that. Like, but that's really what it seems like, right? Yes. You're getting poured into, and then you're spending a lot of time going out into the world and serving, meeting needs, you know, witnessing all those sorts of things. Yeah. And, and it's so, I think for a lot of people, like, a lot of people should experience some sort of experience like that mm-hmm. because when are you able to just focus on your faith and pretty much nothing else? Yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. we're having fun and we're building relationships and, and everything like that, but there's no distraction of school. There's no distraction of uh, your job. There's no distraction about your responsibilities other than maybe you're in the dish pit that, uh, <laughs> that day. So, uh, you know, it was so cool to just dedicate that time fully to uh, my faith. And I'm sure each of the areas that you served in each of the locales had its strengths and, you know, the the cool parts of being there and also its own challenges and stuff. But of those three uh, in Berlin, in Nepal, and then also in Australia, which one did you enjoy the most and why? I would say probably, probably Nepal. Mm. And the reason why is that uh, it's it's such a it's such an uphill climb mm. um, watching the, you know, their ministries uh, spread the gospel because, you know, there's, there's so many different religions and, and it's a very spiritual community. And, you know, there's obviously, um, you know, it's based in Hinduism typically. And so it's interesting that they're, you know, the pastors and the churches, it's not hard to communicate that about Christ to anyone, anyone will listen, mm. but the idea of dedicating yourself only to Christ um, in that culture is so it's so tough and it's such a hard barrier to get through and so uh you know just seeing how they were able to you know focus that route and then as well there was a humanitarian focus Mm -hmm. and and lots of needs you know there was a lot of um unfortunately a lot of poverty and so just seeing how they're they can kind of 
do Christ's work in two different ways was really cool to see. Yeah. You know, there may be people listening and they don't really know a lot about Hinduism and we won't go into a big long spiel about Mm -hmm. it. But one of the fundamental beliefs about Hinduism is that there are millions of gods or demigods. There are different levels and layers and hierarchies of God. And so then for you to come in and say, no, there is one true God and he came to earth in the person of Jesus, that would be very hard for them to swallow, I think. Exactly. And also it's something that's hard for people even in Canada to, to buy in to this, what we call the exclusivity of Christ, Mm -hmm. right? The idea that Jesus is the only way that seems so narrow. It seems almost bigoted in some ways, at least according to our culture. So it's going to be one of those things that I think people all over the world continue to struggle with, but maybe for different cultural reasons, you know, than what they experienced in Nepal. Definitely. Uh, Very cool. Okay. So um, did Emily do YWAM? She did not. She didn't. Okay. So this was just you. You guys weren't together yet. No. And I mean- we always joke, but um, that was actually when I was in Nepal, that was the time when um, I was shooting my shot with Emily and I, <laughs> I had I had messaged her um, over Skype. And so that's kind of how we started connecting oh, wow, outside yeah. of high school. You're so. on the other side of the planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked out. It you, worked you, out. Apparently that was the right approach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about how you guys first started coming to connect. When did you show up for the first time? How did you hear about us? That sort of thing. Yeah. So we when basically what had happened is I had decided to move out to BC because Emily was going to Trinity Western University for her nursing degree. Mm -hmm. And so I was chasing love. And so we spent, you know, a bunch of years just uh, I was working and she was finishing her degree and we were kind of church hopping. Um, But, you know, there was obviously periods of time where we'd come back to Calgary And during that time, we had, you know, through our friends, uh, David and Sam, we connected with uh, Pathway Church. Mm -hmm. And so because of that connection, um, there was a time period where we were about to move back to Calgary. And uh, that's when kind of Connect was starting to launch. Mm -hmm. And um, David and Sam had said, hey, look, we're we're planning on, you know, going to Connect. And we had started considering it as well. And so... Uh, Emily had started for launch and then I was working in Edmonton for another job um, just for the summer. And, um, you know, when I was able to finally move back to Calgary, I joined Emily and um, we've pretty much been with Connect since the start. Yeah, you guys have been around quite a while. I didn't realize it was since like the first service. That's really cool. And I'm glad that you brought up Pathway because they're a sister church in the city Mm -hmm. and their um, generosity and their support for Amber and I was really integral to Connect getting its start. Like Connect Church would not exist without the Pathway Church who now meets over in Cambrian Heights in the Northwest. Mm -hmm. And so um, although many of our people may not know them and their story, many of our kind of dream teamers and our launch team they all had connections with Pathway and Pathway was so kind and released them to come to connect and to come serve alongside of us. They gave us finances. They helped Amber and I obtain our visa. Um, I just think it's like this really cool example of the fact that every church is ultimately on the same team. We're not competing with one another. We're not fighting over the, you know, the small group of Christians that exist in the city. Jesus has given us a mission to reach lost people. Mm -hmm. And um, when their church grows, we win as as well. And when our church grows, they win as well. And so anyway, really cool you mentioned them because it's always important to me that our, our Connect folks realize what a role Pathway has played in in our in our story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you and I are in a Connect group together. Yes. Uh, we're in fantasy football. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's in first place in fantasy football? 
did you just ask so that I would have to say your name? <laughs> You're yeah, in first place. Right. I am. I am. I don't think I'll stay there long, but I'll take it while I've got it. Um, but you've been a part of a lot of connect groups. You've yeah. led connect groups. You've attended connect groups. So maybe tell us one story of an important experience you had or a meaningful time relationship you had, whatever it might be. Tell us a, a good thing that you discovered or experienced while you were in a connect group. Yeah, no, great question. So I think the probably the most memorable for me um, is is really recent. And, you know, Amber had suggested, hey, you know, we could use someone else to lead the fi- Financial Peace University. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I'd never led a group. And so it wasn't something that was, uh, you know, at the forefront of my mind. And, um, but she kept asking and I thought, you know what, if this is something that's important for Connect, I might as well consider it. And so uh, leading Financial Peace was, not what I expected at all. And that's, that's what was so, I think what was so enriching about it. Um, and what, something that was memorable for me, I think is, um, just having so many different age groups and so many different walks of life mm-hmm. in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it was so valuable because, you know, the, the people with experience and that, you know, they lived a little more life than, um, someone like myself, who's, you know, 27, um, you know, they're imparting their wisdom yeah. and they're, you know, and they're wanting just good things for the younger people. And it was just, there was no judgment in the group. Mm. There was no like, oh, well, you're younger and you're <laughs> older. So, um, but it was really like collaborative and, you know, it's so cool to get to know people. That was something that was memorable for oh, me. Oh man, that's so good. And we're so thankful that you stepped up and led that group because we believe in, you know, helping people discover financial freedom from mm-hmm. debt, from the weight of, you know, being concerned about paying your bills and, you know, uh, all that sort of stuff. So I'm really glad you were willing to step up and do that. And it sounded like your group like was fantastic. You had a lot of people there. Most of them completed the whole course, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's fantastic. I mean, since Connect started launching these FPU groups, we've had people pay off tens of thousands of dollars in debt. They've paid off their school loans. They've you know sold their house and moved into their parents' basement so they can save up money and start giving to the church and all these sorts of things. Like if you're listening and you find yourself under financial stress, or you're like, boy, I would like to learn how to manage and 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 steward the money that God's given me a little bit better. I would I would highly recommend that you join one of these financial peace groups. Um, I don't know if Tyler's going to be leading it again, but somebody will. And um, they're really really helpful. My wife and I have been through them. Many many other people have as well. Just such a necessary thing in our world. So thanks so much for leading that. Of course, and yeah. Um, we're we're super glad that you were willing to do that. Um, so one more question for you. What what do you wish that people knew about a relationship with God? What do you wish people knew about church or, you know, what is it that so many people in our city, they don't realize about what it means to follow Jesus that you wish they did? Yeah, great question. I I think that something comes to mind is that your value as an individual is not based in societal expectations. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, 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 it's not based, it's not dependent um, and I think that's such an important reminder. I, you know, I, I find with myself, even like just looking at my job or looking at, um, you know, where Emily and I are at in our life and, um, all the things we do, I'm like, you know, it's, it's so easy to get caught up in like how the world sees us. And I think it's always so, it just brings me so much peace when I'm reminded that, listen, like my value is, is in it, it, the most important part about my value is in God's eyes only. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's probably 
man. That's so good. It's so hard for us to remember, right? But there are these things that are true of us. Like Mm -hmm. we could list off all the things that define and describe you. So, you know, you're a guy, you're a husband, you're an employee, you're a whatever. And we could list off probably six or eight or 10 of those things. But the reality is each one of the things on the list, except for child of God or Christian, every one of those things can either change or be lost, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. you could be a sneakerhead and then that could change about you. You could be a safety software sales rep and that could change about you. You could be a husband and God forbid, but that could change about you. Mm -hmm. So we could take any one of these descriptors and if we build our identity on those things, the moment we don't have them or even the moment somebody threatens those things, then we feel threatened as a person because that's what our identity is based on, right? So you're so right when we say, listen, it's not about what we wear. It's not about what our life looks like. It's not about what we accomplish or don't. It's about who God is to Mm -hmm. us and for us. And if we can kind of get our foundation there, then we can enjoy all of these other things things, you know, a job, a good salary, nice clothes, um, you know, a loving family, whatever we can enjoy all of those things without asking too much of them. I agree. Yeah. Without trying to force them to be something that they never can be. So I'm glad you said that, man. That's a really, really good reminder for us. Dude, thanks so much for taking 20 minutes with us. We really appreciate it. Hopefully uh, folks at Connect know you a little bit better. If they see you on Sunday morning, they can stop by and say hello and uh, maybe hear a little bit more about your story in the days to come. Awesome. Thanks for having me. For sure, bud.